Well, hello, and welcome to the next episode of HR Tech Chat. We're very happy to have you. And we are also very happy to have as our guest today, Ahmad Noorden, who is Senior HR Director of Cormark International. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll let him explain to you folks what Cormark does. Um, they're one of those in the background companies that, that does a lot that you're not aware of. Um, and, uh, and, and Ahmad has a fantastic story to share uh, with us today around consistency in HR technology across a, uh, a broad uh, geographic footprint for a large organization. Welcome, Ahmad. Great. Thank you, Brent. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, so, so just to kind of kick it off, Cormark is a Fortune 250 company, and uh, we're one of the largest marketers of uh, fresh foods and other supplies to the convenience store industry. And, uh, you know, we're spread out across U.S. and Canada. We have about 32 uh, divisions or distribution centers, and we have around 7,500 employees and really over time, um, in, term, in addition to just food, uh, we have added on other services such as marketing programs and technology, BI reporting, and other differentiators uh, to help, um, you know, convenience store industry. Interesting, interesting. Now, th and that's phenomenal, you know, fantastic. And, you know, I have been to plenty of uh, convenience stores in my lifetime, you know, and, you know, all of the, um, you know, the gas station convenience store sort of combo and you go in there and you don't really think about it. There's, there's so much supply chain management and logistics and, and uh, warehouse management and everything that goes into that. And who are their suppliers? You never think about that, but that, that is a huge gargantuan uh, undertaking. And uh, for so, you know, the hats off to Core, Cormark for being able to kind of pull that off. Now, now I understand that you folks um, have a deployment with UKG. Um, there's some uh, some history there with, with UltraPro, um, you know, be before obviously the mother of all mergers, which I like to call it. Um, <laughs> And that's a good thing. Um, but I know that you have sort of a legacy history with Ultra Pro and, and you've also, you've expanded um, uh, recently. Can you, can you get into that a little bit and just explain, you know, what was happening uh, for you and what were some of the challenges and, uh, and, um, and, and, and where you're going now with a deployment to sort of unify things and just bring some order to the chaos? Sure, yeah, uh, thank you. And, and because is has primarily been, and we're you know a 130 year old company, um, but we've grown both organically and but also through acquisition. And what happens, as you can imagine, right, with acquisitions, you're tacking on more businesses, and you're trying to stream streamline the processes, the people aspect of it, and then the technology, not just the HR technology, but warehouse technology, uh, driver technology, and other things. Since uh, the bulk of our employees are warehouse workers and truck drivers. So when it came to, uh, from an HR standpoint, knowing that the company continues to grow through acquisition, uh, we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, in some companies I've gone in, I have really looked for best of breed solutions, right? Go get the best LMS, go get the best payroll system, so on and so forth. But in our case, because uh, not only have we grown through acquisition, but we're also fairly, uh, we have been decentralized, meaning that each of the divisions 
have really had most of the control and governance and how they how they run their business. And it has really helped us from a standpoint of the division or the distribution center. They, they know their market, they know their customers, they can locally um, source their uh, the talent there, right? And, and, and even the products and you know the, the makeup of the, the convenience stores that they're serving. Uh, but as the company has continued to grow, as an organization, we have made a decision to centralize things where it makes sense and continue to uh, localize where, where needed. So trying to have a very decentralized business, trying to get, get that business centralized and knowing that we're, we're a company that grows through acquisition in many cases, we, we needed you know, one comprehensive system that can really uh, help us kind of cover uh, all of our bases. And that's why I think we decided let's not go for best of breed point solutions and really kind of go after the uh, one-stop shop, which in some companies doesn't work. In ours, it seems to be working well. Yeah, and and that's interesting. Uh, you know, we we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, Ahmad, and and it was uh, just intriguing to me. Um, just this idea, from a conceptual standpoint, right? You have a decentralized, sprawling uh, organization. That I think we can say sprawling. You guys have a mm -hmm. very broad. Uh, geographic. That's probably an understatement, right? And um, and and there is there are um, you know advantages to leaving some of that governance to those to those you know those outposts or satellites, whatever you want to call them. They're closest to the action. Uh, they understand the uh, the facts on the ground. Uh, hate to use military analogy because it's overused, but you know you get your guys in the command center, and then you have. And you have the the folks out there in the field, you know, in the trenches, and they, you know, they're saying, "Hey, no, don't do this. We got to do that, right?" And so you have to, you have to, or you think about even, you know, automat automotive manufacturing, you know, at the, on the shop floor, the, uh, the manufacturing floor, the uh, uh, production floor, right? Where some this was a lesson that was learned several decades ago, where. Um, at least some of the auto manufacturers learned it right where they you should the engineers really needed to learn to listen to the listen to the to the folks working on the assembly line and say hey look you know don't don't build this part this way because <laughs> this causes ABC and then XYZ happens to the customer you know in a year so these sorts of things so there's definitely the advantage there but 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 that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some sort of centralized planning or central centralized um, purview or overview, right? And this is what's so interesting to me, and maybe you could elaborate on a little bit more, is this the idea that it's, as with most things, it's it's almost never an, an either or scenario. It's it's, it's a both. Um, can, can you elaborate on that? Like, what's just some examples of where that local governance makes more sense and where you really can't have the, the local, the localities um, doing A, B, and C needs to be done centrally. Yeah, very, very good uh, point. And, and, you know, uh, when we think of centralization, one of the things that comes to me is, or having consistency, enterprise consistency. If you're an employee and you're working in one division or one office, you decide to take a role in a different um, division or, you know, a distribution center, there should be some level of consistency, right, with your role, uh, with 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 the expectations that you have, with the benefits that you're getting, how you're getting paid, kind of your Maslow, you know, your level one stuff, right? Yeah. And that's those are the things that we feel like we should and can centralize. 
Now we do have HR presence uh, in each of our distribution center, and and that HR person is um, aligned with the person running that distribution center. But at the same time, you just imagine 32 distribution centers trying to figure out how to do their you know HR policy or how to do leave administration or how to pay people, how to how to train people, right? And, and that's where having that you know uh, global consistency comes in very handy. And, and, you know, some of the other byproducts of that is you have, um, you know, economies of scale, you, you know, from a cost standpoint, you don't have, you can have a nas national contract with, with temp agencies, right, versus each uh, distribution center trying to do their own. Uh, but at the same time, because they know that market really well, they're able to, we know that some divisions, they can cater to the gig workers more than others. And in some of these other divisions or distribution centers, um, temp agents, uh, temp and full-time employees is what works. So we can really kind of give them all of the options and they can kind of use, you know, the option that works best for them. But if we're doing gig workers in, you know, a certain distribution centers and it's working well, how can we take that best practice and see if we can replicate that? And that that's one of the reasons why we said, okay, let's try to um, centralized and knowledge sharing, technology sharing, and process sharing. Can, can you uh, delve into that a little bit more? Because that's 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 super interesting. I think is this idea of um, what what kind of employees do you have um, or employees uh, air quotes um, or maybe not uh, that that are that are gig workers? Like what types of roles are they doing? Are, are these drivers or um, other types of uh, roles? Like who are the gig workers? Yeah, and we're kind of just getting into this because you know traditionally that's not the, an area we're focused on, but we do want to uh, look at all of the options, right? And especially we know that the talent market's really tight, especially in the U.S. with the uh, unemployment benefits that um, you know people have access to additional stimulus checks coming in, you know, uh, yeah. you really need to entice um, employees to uh, show up for work and, you know, our peers and even larger companies, right? You know, the big ones, they're, they're having the same challenges and you can only do mu so much in terms of continuing to uh, compete from a wage and benefit standpoint. And, and so in, in some cases, you know, there are certain roles, especially in a warehouse environment, where yeah, you could you could plug and play. Now you're not going to obviously, um, you know, with the employees you have full time, they they build that experience and you know the expertise over time. They understand the nuances of how to do that job, doing it the core mark way, right? The the employee the values and all those types of things, uh, and especially roles that are facing customers. We're not obviously putting gig workers there, but we know that there are some kind of warehouse roles in certain markets where we are able to bring folks in for a night shift, do some warehouse work and, and be on their way. And, uh, you know, we still have kind of the framework and the overarching management team at that at that division, uh, which is, you know, full-time or uh, employees and so on. Yeah. So one thing that I heard there that was um, very intriguing is this idea that you uh, you mentioned, you know, that the, the core mark way, uh, which is which is important for any brand, right? You have to you have to project. You have a lot of these folks, you know, they're your your customer, like your end customer is um, or where excuse me, where your end customer comes into contact with a, a person at your end customer comes comes into contact with a person that's that's working for you 
right, wow. is at the convenience stores, probably the, the manager there or the person running the counter, right? And so you need those gigs. Guess what I'm getting at is it, that's intriguing to me that that having a consistency or or a central a central um, overview or a control tower, if you want to call it, for the um, a control tower for the for the employer brand, or, right? Or, or for the or for the external brand, yeah, yeah. Um, and and just to expand on that to your, to your point, um, we prior to me coming here, the organization looked at the Salesforce and said, how can we make sure since the Salesforce is out there interacting with the customers, how can we make sure that's uh, centralized? And again, when I see centralized, I, I, I don't mean just like bodies moving into a corporate office, right? But it's really all uh, on the same page. They're, you know, singing the same tune and there's consistency. You have one salesperson walk in and uh, is working on a contract um, or rela relationship with a customer at a convenience store. And maybe that person moves on. The next person um, at Cormark should be able to pick it back up and continue to have that same level of service. Um, you know, um, exemplifying the family um, values. And, and that's one of the things that drew me to Cormark as well. You know, most companies have their own kind of branding to why you should come work for us, you know, employer of choice and those types of things. Here, what lured me is uh, we're a family. And, you know, I know a lot of companies say that, but uh, I see that value playing out uh, each and every day. And then I think that's what we're trying to make sure that customers are also seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I want to go back uh, for a minute here to this idea of um, you mentioned LMS just just as in passing, uh, but but you mentioned it in the um, I, I, basically what I want to do is sort of uh, corroborate what you're saying. It's this idea that you know your LMS you want that to be sort of uh, one thing. Um, and, and the idea, I think, is that, so in my previous role um, as one, one of the large vendors of, uh, of LMSs, and we were involved, uh, we would work uh, with existing customers to help them figure out their, you know, their, just figure out what, what they wanted to do, what, it, what was their scenario, what did they need, right? And, and we spoke with, so one of the customers, I can't name who they were, but it was a, a, a large automobile manufacturer. And, uh, and I won't say what city we went to, because that'll give it away. Uh, but, but in any event, um, um, they, had a, they had a global uh, LM, I think she was the LMS director, or director of learning. Um, I might be mangling her title, but she had a high level title. She was, uh, she was, that was her charter. She was responsible for making sure learning happened across the organization. Uh, but they had a lot, a sprawling organization and uh, all of these sort of uh, fiefdoms across a sprawling geographic footprint where they were all doing their own thing learning-wise. They were all doing learning things, yeah. right? They, they were doing learning, but all in their own way. And there was a, uh, of a, a lack of, um, of, um, of a, of a sense of urgency and a lack of motivation to, to adopt the, uh, the corporate LMS, right? right, to do that. And that was, a, that was a huge issue for them. So we went in there and we helped them sort of uh, map out uh, ideate and these sorts of things of how they could put together a governance model that might, and I won't get into the details, but that might, that might help them, you know, sort of 
herd the cats and get all these folks uh, singing from the same hen book uh, so that they could get some of that, you know, some of that information that they needed uh, that the LMS would capture through, you know, one source of truth so that they could, you know, uh, plan for the future and start, you know, do, and I guess there's a, there's a parallel there with just about anything um, in terms of, um, it, I don't know, I, this was not my intent when I brought up that, this story, but I think we may have stumbled into the, um, uh, the whole compensation, uh, the whole comp module uh, piece of the picture that, that I know that you guys are looking at. Yeah, no, you, you, you're right. <clears throat> By the way, I have implemented that LMS in a prior life. <laughs> so oh, yes. um, it was a phenomenal system. But um, yeah, I think as we're looking at um, transforming ourselves and centralizing operations and making things more consistent, one of the big pieces is the compensation. And when I say compensation, I mean the job, right? The roles need to be consistent. There has to be some reliance on, you know, when a person walks in, what role are they walking into and what are the parameters from a job structure, from a compensation and uh, those types of things. And uh, so that's one of the areas where, that we have highlighted as a, as a high priority for us. Uh, so, I mean, the good thing that I've seen with Cormark so far is we know there are a lot of things we can go work on. We've tried to identify kind of our three or four big rocks as an organization and, and obviously by department. And so for HR, one of the things is like making sure we have consistency around roles and jobs and to help facilitate that having a, a compensation module. Um, so, you know, we started implementing UKG as a company in summer of 2016 you know, in Canada and then US starting with the core payroll and HRS system. And then over time, layering on the recruiting, onboarding and performance. Now we're at a point where we're ready to move off of uh, paper-based merit planning and we want to be doing it in the system. And we know that that system is going to drive that consistency, right? I don't have purview of how people are doing their merit planning. Well, we do, we have templates we're sending out and getting back and so on. But, um, you know, really getting to facilitate that through a technology, that's gonna really drive home that, hey, we're gonna be doing things consistently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, the comp module is in the cards for uh, second half of this year. We're just kind of about to kick that project off. Yeah, I, I would say it's time. That must be a, uh, that well, well, let's put it tactfully. That must be a, a real challenge uh, sifting through all that 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 paper for a manual process. For correct, um, and and my my team um, also uh, does the payroll piece of it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of you know making sure it gets in the HRS system and uh, the bonuses get paid out and so on. And and this is U.S. and Canada. So yeah, just a lot of that. And really, we we want the HR. Um, managers who are in our uh, distribution centers, we want them focused on the strategic work, right? Not you now passing merit sheets around and doing all that stuff. So we're like, okay, this is going to kill a few birds with one stone, right? Get rid of some of that, um, the burden off of uh, not just them, but even supervisors who are floating these around and having to reconcile things as, as, as we kind of go up the uh, different levels, right? Until all of that's finalized. The system will obviously be able to cascade that down and up in a very uh, cohesive manner. Yeah, it seems to me that that um, you really, I mean, 
might be just sort of putting a fine point or saying it in a different way, but it seems to me that that you can't have a central HR function in a large organization. Stop me if I, stop me if you can think of some examples where you can, right? But it seems to me you can't really have a large, you can't really have a centralized HR function in a large, a large organization um, that's spread across a, a broad geographical footprint without having technology in in place today. I mean, I, what it, it, am I being Captain Obvious right now, or or? I, I, Maybe you could uh, elaborate, help, help me with this point because I, I think I might've mangled it, but um, I'm trying to get to something here. Well, yeah, no, you're, you're totally right because technology can, you know, there's there's the people component, right? We talk about people, process, technology, people, process, and right? That's a very generic term, um, but really there, there are just so many bodies you can put on um, processes that are inefficient and the best way to do it is you make those processes efficient, streamlined. And technology plays a big role in that, right? Being able to give the right level of access, having the right workflows for different um, audiences. And, and the other thing I like about technology is when a lot of times when people think of an HR system and now we're going to create these workflows, people just assume that we're all going to do it exactly the same way. And we know that's not the case, right? corporate, um, even at the division level, at the distribution center level, depending on the type of distribution center, we may have nuances, right? If, if they're unionized, non-unionized. So, um, and, and other, um, other reasons why we would do that. So it doesn't have to be kind of a, uh, you know, all or not, none kind of a situation. We can use technology and still get some customizations where, where it's needed. So we don't lose that local process and in some cases there are local compliance things that need to be facilitated and I'm a big fan of technology just because I can um, I, I can you know sleep at night uh, peacefully knowing that from a compliance and auditing standpoint we have the technology we can turn to and see uh, look back and see how things um, you know were accomplished report on things and so on and so forth having to do that without without technology in this day and age with all of the regulations, compliance, data privacy, SOCs. I mean, uh, you can, you know, California is looking at, um, you know, a Consumer Protection Act, enacting that for employees. Uh, how, how to do that without technology is just, you know, would be impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you touched on the, the regulatory environment um, and, uh, you know, at some point, technology is just absolutely essential with that. You know, uh, several moons ago, I was involved with uh, one of uh, another vendor in the space and, and, and I learned much more. I, I, I've forgotten it all now, but I learned way more than I wanted to about the Affordable Care Act, which was uh, um, a very, that was a huge ramp up at that time. And, and um and in this particular vendor, and, and I think they were right, they were, they were essentially their messaging was their message was, you know, you need the right kind of technology in order to uh, comply with the uh, Affordable Care Act, you, you literally uh, could be out of compliance and not, not mean to be uh, just, just by accident, because you do not have, you, you would not have the right technology in place. And, and, um, look back periods and all this kind of stuff. So, so it can get very, very complex. Um, yeah, and I'll just add having, and technology can facilitate doing it kind of in a more centralized and enterprise way versus 
each location or each part of each business having to figure out on their own, do it their own way, and then having to audit and make sure those things are in place. It's much easier to kind of set that baseline uh, using that technology. Well, that can be that can be an absolute. I mean, that can be a real bowl of spaghetti. If um, if right. <laughs> without how's that for a metaphor? Um, I mean, yeah, compliance is something you definitely want to centralize. I would say, you know, if there's any absolute, you know, there, there's so few absolutes, right? We've been talking about you need both, not one or the other, right? But if you want to talk about absolutely, this one, this might be wrong too, but. I would I would has I, I would put a small amount of we won't bet because it's uh, especially on Zoom I think it's illegal to bet but but <laughs> if we were to bet I would put a small maybe ten bucks uh, on the idea that you know if, if you want to centralize centralize anything you should centralize compliance for for sure and you know also because you want to be consistent going forward and how you show up as an organ as how you show up to the employees. It's not just about, you know, covering your, you know what, right? Compliance is really making sure you do the right thing for the employees, you do the right thing for the company, and you're, you're, and, and you're doing it in a consistent way where uh, it's setting precedence, right? And having centralization from a people, process, and technology to make sure that you're setting the right precedence, you have the reporting in place, and then you're doing, you know, you're doing good, right by, for the employee, for the, for the organization as well. Yeah, yeah. Com being in compliance is one of those things that, you know, your your workforce is isn't really going to appreciate uh, or notice when you're in compliance. But if you're out of compliance, that can be uh, that can that can be a, a big blow to the to to the employer brand. To be frank, yeah. Um, leadership. What 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 role does leadership play in all of this? You know, in terms of wrestling wrestling all the moving parts and just kind of um, making this happen? Like what, what's the role of leadership in, in, in getting the right, right technology in place and, and all of this? Yeah, very, very good point. Um, and, you know, I'm lucky to say that the leader I have, the, the CHRO, she's very focused on the change management, the people aspect, and, and not just stakeholdering for the sake of checking a box and saying, you know, we got everyone's approval and everyone said they'll go along with it. And then you kind of drag people through it and say, well, you, you said you're okay with getting dragged through the, you know, through the change, right? Um, but we have in, in several cases, since I've come here, we have taken a stance, we have tested the water, we have done the change work and we have seen the response from the organization and we have tweaked how we're gonna proceed, you know, versus like, well, it's like a steamroller. You're doing all this, you have this change management apparatus, but you're still steamrolling. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of stopping and reversing and you know, uh, staying in neutral for a while, seeing how things play out, changing the direction if needed. Um, and so my leaders kind of uh, exemplifying that behavior and I can see that across the, uh, the executive team. Um, so they're, you know, the, in some companies you kind of, you start, uh, from the from the grassroots, right? You you make sure there's going to be support in the field, and then you kind of get to a point where you're ready to present your um, implementation plan to to the executive team. Here, what I see is the executive team's the first team that gets hit up. They're the ones who we make sure is fully aligned. 
and then you know we go to the rest of the organization and i think in many cases what organizations do especially with technology is you know you kind of uh, go parallel path right the, you, the 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 executive team is kind of on the on the same page but really probably in a powerpoint slide you know not as not really uh, having that but but here we go to them first and we catch them get their feedback get their input right up front and make sure that, that that's how we're deploying whether it's technology or any other hr program and then you have that buy-in up front and and they're helping us champion this versus um you know just showing up to do their part which is what i've seen in other cases right yeah i i mean that's 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 a great sort of picture you just you just drew for us uh, or painted um it, you know something occurred to me you know you're, you're talking about top-down leadership not top-down management right which is like two different things like you, this, you're talking about a man you're talking about a, a like a c-suite that that listens and um and uh makes you know agree uh, you know comes up with initiatives that that are designed to be helpful for the organization and then and then um you know it doesn't just ram them through um but but really listens and and pays attention uh to the organization as it's happening uh, not to get too you know uh, too sort of squishy here but but you know it's it's sort of it's a journey not a destination you know it's it's a it's a zen thing it's not a uh, you know oh i got to fix everything oh no once i fix all this then it will be perfect right um i think we talked about perfection last time when we spoke about this idea that that um you're never going to have a perfect maybe another conversation i had but it's applicable here anyway you know this idea that that you're never going to have a perfect deployment, you know, or HC, your ACM technology is never going to be perfect. You know, you're always going to be looking to tweak it and make it better. And you're always going to have challenges that, that you're addressing. Yeah, I mean, I, and I know we've been using a lot of analogies. I'm big on analogies too. But, you know, I've, I've used the, you know, uh, you're moving into a house, right? Right. You know, day one, you're not going to go buy new furniture. You're not going to just, you know, uh, put a new porch and all those things up. It's going to take some time. You'll get comfortable with it and you're going to make it your own over time. And I think that's where, you know, um, some folks who have not been around technology, especially uh, HCM implementations, they assume the day they walk in, all their problems have been solved for. But that's really your day one. And you find out certain things didn't get caught during inspection, right? You're like, okay, <laughs> there's a leaky faucet. That doesn't mean maybe, hopefully the whole plumbing system is not, doesn't need to be you know, overhauled. Um, but you should expect, you should expect walking in there that you're going to have those things you're going to have to work through. And you're really putting your mark on it, right? It's not just fixing that leaky, uh, whatever it is. Um, but making it your own, being, being proud of what you did with something that was you know, we tried to customize it to the best of our abilities going into the, uh, or I should say configure, right, versus customize, going into the go live, but we know uh, that really um, until rubber meets the road, especially with things like manager self-service, right, for certain things like payroll, you know, there's calculation, there's a process, right, you can get things down to a science, other things are more of an art, and, you know, um, you just evolve and over time, and, and that's, that's one of the uh, one of the reasons why I got into this space is because I could just go around implementing stuff, but the fact that my team gets to maintain it, show the value to the organization, help them 
get the most out of it and then figure out what the next looks like that that's where a lot of the fun is you know not just kind of that that initial deployment you all kind of nervously give each other high fives and move on with your lives it's like you know okay well there's there's issues coming up we we, new functionalities we didn't know existed and the technology continues to evolve while you have it so yeah it's just the fun continues right it sounds rewarding those those nervous high fives those are the awkward ones um i recently i did a recruiting system implementation a year ago and it was all over it was a completely zoom you could call it a project a nine-month zoom project oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. that must have yeah um how is how is a uh, ukg been in all this how, what, what has it been like as a partner yeah you ukg has been a, a great partner i think because now traditionally they have focused on mid-sized businesses and I know that they have gotten away from that, and especially with the Kronos implementation, they are one of the premium ones. Um, I think their level of customer service, the fact that I can text the account manager and uh, set up a call or just, just call whenever needed. Now we have different uh, teams that support us. One team that supports us from a payroll and time and attendance standpoint. Um, another one, we can bounce ideas around. So there are different avenues of uh, folks we can lean on and they'll bring, you know, uh, experts uh, to the table for different modules. We, we needed more information on the comp module, but not just the touristy, you know, but really like the, the guts of it, because we're trying to uh, redo our job structure. And, you know, they got an expert lined up pretty quickly. She was very knowledgeable and she's going to stay with us for as long as we need to. And these aren't, you know, we're not getting nickeled and dimed. It's really building on that relationship that, hey, we're you know, over time, obviously, we'll be uh, adding more modules on, but they just, they want to make sure, they spend a lot of time on making sure we're a happy customer and not just to, not just to keep their jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so important um, for, for the vendor to be, to be in it, to win it, to be in it for, for the long term, to be a real partner and helpful. Uh, just, just, you know, given what we just talked about, this idea that you're going to settle into the system and you're going to learn what, what's, going right what what you might want to change and all these sorts of things and and that's very that's you know so this is critically essential to have the right partner for that to me that's that's one of the guiding um one of the guiding uh uh criteria that you need to consider when 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 choosing a vendor uh to do some sort of a you know to do to do a um certainly to do a um project of the skill that 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 you folks are doing at Coremark. yeah um i agree and, and my peer who's the head of talent acquisition she's big on customer service because a lot of times the focus is so much on the technology the implementation which which is all important right but that's a, a a small period of time right and the technology is as good as as it's going to get in some cases customer service can really it's it's there with you it's like a marriage right it's there with you till the end of time and <laughs> sometimes it can make up for it we can make up for the uh, when when there are flaws in the technology right just having that communication making sure I, our ideas are heard they're jumping on uh, issues that are popping up and um, and involving us and connecting us with other customers. Uh, so I, you know, my my peer, she kind of put that in my head that you know, let's when we go get new technologies, which we're looking at additional ones, let's make sure we focus, you know, 
really on customer service because once you go live, that's all you got, right? <laughs> yeah. That that's a great point. Let's let's uh, let's let's conclude on that point because I think that's that's a real that's a real good one. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Amat, for for joining us for HR Tech Chat. Really appreciate it. This is a fascinating story. It's it's really illustrative of so many things that uh, so many organizations go through and and uh your your insight has been very helpful for our community thank you thank you thanks brent and i appreciate being part of the advisory council it's been a great experience oh yes welcome to the global uh executive advisory council um we're very happy to have you great take care thank you bye-bye take care